while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Monday. Yeah. It's not the same without football on the weekends. It's uh it's not it's not the same. Um yeah, no, it's it's okay. Yeah. I mean it will <laughs> it's it's okay. It's a first world problem. <laughs> yeah, it is a first Although world problem. Although it's nice to um you always miss Phil when he's out of t- out of town, but it was nice to have Tom Hodgson on the uh, as part of the lineup this morning. I I thought that was awesome. It was in it. Great start to the day, and he'll be with us tomorrow. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought I thought Tom did a great job, and um, I, I I hope he fills in more um, for uh, other other hosts here. You know, like uh, me, right? <laughs> the, um, like you, but t- t- Tom. Well, I mean, we've we, you've had him. He actually fill- did fill in for you once, right. and it was actually very good. Right, um, a lot of people liked it. We I know we got a lot of podcast downloads from it too and a lot uh the calls and it was great no tom tom's fantastic and he loves he loves talk radio he does love talk radio look uh, you know that when tom isn't in the car is is in the car he's listening to talk radio yeah you know in his office he's listening to talk radio of course so um it'll be interesting to see what comes of this um, my, my first host hosting gig by the way came when phil was in florida it was just a few days before everything went to hell so my career was set back probably about six months. Right. Still, it was pretty good. It was it was a good show. It's because you appreciated talk radio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, th- this is um, it's a unique medium. It really is. Uh, Marcus, we have a great show tonight. We do. We have um, City Council uh, Shane Burgo. Yeah, he'll be on at 8. Leader of the Shane Denistas uh, coming in. <laughs> Wow, that's really good. See what you get without football? <laughs> <laughs> I went up three IQ points. <laughs> the, wow. Uh, the Shane Denise. The Shane Denise. But I do, I do um, appreciate him making himself available. And so people understand, uh, I thought it up over the weekend. Marcus reached right out to him and, and you, you, you responded right away. Immediately. So I, I, I think everyone yeah. at home, whether you agree with the man or not, yeah, uh, you have to appreciate his, his accessibility. Yeah. You were, you were up a lot earlier than I was. Uh, it, was it was Sunday. So right. you were up, up a lot earlier than I was. Again. Like way, way earlier. Way earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I get that complaint from other people too. <laughs> Calls me and all got them out. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Five hours later, sure, I'll get that done. Right, yeah. right. We had the birds chirping. That's just me because I woke them up. Yeah. Um, so Once you've been dead, you really want to embrace as much hours yeah. as you can in the day. You really want to. If you've been sleeping for a month, you know, that's... It's time really... to get up and do something. 
live from Oxygen Row with Chris McCarthy. <laughs> you like sleep? We'll try doing it in perpetuity. Right, there you, go. <laughs> you don't like it as much. You don't. It doesn't seem like quite a vacation when it's a new job. Could wake up, it could be Sunday, it could be Sunday 2024. Right, right. <laughs> so... Um, so we have Shane Burgo. Yeah, he'll be um, he'll be here in studio with us. So that that'll be nice. Um, well, so it was a lot of comp. Go ahead. What did you have something? Well, I was just going to say. <laughs> I didn't want to cut off. Listening here. through the day, um, there was a lot of local talk here, as as we always bring. I hope. Yeah, there's a lot of really important conversations going on. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, you know, I was listening to the the segment with um, with uh, Tim and and Jack. Uh, I listen, you know, every Monday. I think that's a must listen for a lot of local political junkies. But um, one of the things that we were talking about off the air, and we wanted to bring up now, um, is Jack's. So I, you know, I actually uh, Jack's um, sort of honing in on the issue of uh, open meeting laws. Look, Jack owns the story. Jack broke the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to make sure that we're giving them all the credit, and I know you do too, because we're going to build on it a little bit. Well, But I wouldn't be thinking about it unless Jack broke the story. Exactly, yeah. It's about the city council having these dinners and clearly violating the spirit, at least, of the open meeting law. Well, so I kind of made a joke about it on the... Um I did make a joke about it at the uh, Friendly Sons of St. Patrick dinner on Saturday because they were all sitting at a table. Every right. city councilor was there, I think, except for one or two, maybe. Someone sent me a picture of it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they posted, you. they posted a picture of it. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were there. Yeah, so, but I asked, I forget who I asked. I was like, do you guys got, you, you have a quorum? I'm like, yep. Oh, I had a quorum. We took a picture. Like, it was just, I was making a joke about it. But, right. um, you, you know, what we're thinking, the thinking behind it, and I actually went to, Full disclosure: I went and sat at the city council table for a little bit. But you're not a member. <laughs> I'm not a member, <laughs> but because uh, I because I, I I get along with most of them. Of course, you know? uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're, I, I get along with most of them. But um, well, but, getting along with people is the job description. They're affable. Yeah, yeah. If you can't get along with people and you're in elected politics or a talk radio host, I guess you know. The you're, last you're guy not, to be able to do that was George Rogers. Yeah, right. But anyway. Yeah. So so anyway. Um. So what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the uh, the, the 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 open meeting law violation. The open the open meeting law violation. So what was at least was, the spirit. The yeah, at least the spirit of it. Now, so they say when they get together, they're not talking about city council stuff. If you're not talking about city council stuff, like you know policies and all that, that's definitely permissible to then gather like that. It's and, also unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So so if you're just talking, yeah, right. Think about all, your own Christmas parties, folks. Yeah, from work. The reason you don't want to go is because all you do is talk about work. Well, well. To be fair, I I really enjoy the uh, the town square media Christmas parties. Right. But we talk about the radio, of course. You know, we we don't. There, I've there, never there, been to a Christmas no, party where you don't. Talk, it's the only thing you have in common. Yeah. You might occasionally have something else. You might share memories of your kids, something like that. But but basically. All you have in common is work. But the reason we're bringing this up is, yeah. is that, is that we're seeing sort of this unanimity behind some of these votes, and it doesn't, as Jack pointed out today, 
It doesn't make sense on a lot of these. So Jack's pulling of the new Bedford Light, and I would encourage those of you who, who didn't have a chance to read his articles to go read his articles because I'm not saying, look, it was a groundbreaking observation mm -hmm. that at first was mocked. Some of the city council members went way out of their way to mock it as mm -hmm. if it was outrageous. To, the tr to tell you the truth, I at first thought it's a big deal until I started looking a little deeper, seeing things that didn't make sense. Talk about that, Marcus. Well, so what we're seeing is we've got people that explicitly don't agree with certain votes, taking those votes anyway. Right. Right? With no discussion on the city council. With no, yeah, exactly. With no discussion. No debate. These, these non-binding questions that they want to ask you all, this, the, the, the poll questions. Right. You can see, Marcus, where they're set up. They fail. Yep. Let's talk about the CPA. They failed on the binding vote. Yep, three to seven. Immediately went. Flipped that vote around when, when, it, when she immediately. To a non-binding. To a non-binding. Now, recognizing there is a major difference between binding and non-binding. But the players were interesting. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, As if something had been traded for a vote or two. Well, that's the thing is that we're thinking is that is that when you're talking about whether or not you agree with this, pro like if you're if you don't agree with the CPA being gutted or killed or right. repealed. The non-binding question, the binding question don't actually make a difference. You're just pretty much putting off the process, especially when you know that you're the, 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 the person who's leading the charge is, is misleading people about it. And if you don't know that, then you've got a problem. So the reason, so you would have gone binding if you could get it, but the reason you go non-binding is to build momentum in the future. To and get it, the binding question. If you go back and listen to what Linda said, which again, no football, so I did. Uh, and you can watch see you can watch city council meetings while you're watching NASCAR mm -hmm. on yeah, your right. phone, right? So anyway, the um, Linda says at the successful vote of the non-binding CPA vote to get it on the ballot, she says, "I hope my colleagues will take note of this and come back if the voters do get rid of this, of course, and follow what we want to do here." Well, because it's the same. It's the same. It's a political momentum move. Exactly, because it's the same thing. It's just it's just taking longer. Right. It's the same thing because it, what you're doing is first of all you're presenting it as a way to, and and just let's just back up a, a few. Uh, and we want to actually well let's just talk about this for a second. Like back up and explain to people what the CPA is, because we talked a lot about it on Friday. Right. The CPA is the Community Preservation Act. Can't remember when it was passed, mid-90s, or early 2000s, somewhere around there. It was passed after John Mitchell became mayor. No, oh, no, no, no. Oh, the, the, the state program. The state program. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was passed a while ago. But um, basically what it is is a it one- smells like Deval Patrick type policy. Yeah. I don't think it was Bill Weld. Okay, so maybe it was- and not Mitt Romney. So I would imagine it was a Deval Patrick thing. So maybe it was a little bit later. I thought it was sometime in the 90s or But nonetheless, it's a matter of state law. It's a state. It's a state law that was passed that would be that, that basically amounts to a one percent surcharge on your tax uh, in your ta in your commercial and property taxes. So if your taxes are four thousand dollars, you will pay forty dollars. Right. And uh, it puts that aside for a fund that funds a lot of community projects, um, locally and, controlled. 
locally controlled community projects. Now you get a match from the state. So this year it's not a it's not a dollar for dollar match from the state. You get about thirty. I think this year they got New Bedford in particular got thirty five percent a thirty five percent match. I remember when I was on the CP. I was on the CP is Community Preservation Committee in Fairhaven. I remember we got like a twenty something percent match. Marcus, in the city of New Bedford, it is the most transparent product um, government program they have. You can go on and see everything. Not only can you see what they're spending this year, you can see the history of everything. Mm-hmm. You can see the projects, all the people involved. I mean, it, it, look, I've spent hours in the past looking through it because I find it fascinating. Um, the CPA, you might individually disagree with certain projects, but I guarantee if you look at it seriously, you'll find projects that you agree with. Yeah, and 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 so the the point the point we're trying I want to make here is because the the city council president went on uh, um, Tim's show and seemed to it's either I mean you have you can look at it one or two ways either she doesn't know how it works or she deliberately misled misled people. I'll, I'll let you draw whatever conclusion you want on that. Linda Morad is one of the sharpest knives in the drawer. Yeah. So we know what the answer is. Yeah, so you can, yeah. So so she said, well, you know, Tim, uh, you know, there used to be a lot more money available for the CPC program, um, but now there isn't because there's a lot more communities that bought in. Okay. Well, what what this council president either knows or doesn't know, and that's, you know, doesn't know is probably the more inter- uh, charitable interpretation because either she's ignorant of it or she's lying, um, is that... Leveraged funds is really where the investment is. Uh, is really you get a re- not a return on investment, which means you know, you get at least a dollar for dollar match on leveraged funds from larger organizations. So let's say you have a housing project, or let's say you have an art project, or some sort of public. Uh, some cultural project and you want to get funding from the Mass Cultural Council, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to look to see whether or not CPC dollars, if there's public investment in it. The only mechanism right now for public investment, really, and the best mechanism for public investment is the CPC. So if there's CPC money there, they'll say, okay, well, here's whatever. Here's another $10,000. Here's another $100,000 for that because we can see the community's investment in it. Right. Because a lot of these nonprofits or NGOs want to invest in things that the communities are, uh, want to invest in as well. Otherwise, they're not. why bother investing in something that nobody cares about? So leveraged funds, along with, the, along with a, uh, a, a 35% state match, makes it more than a dollar-for-dollar dollar match on, your, on 40 bucks out of your tax bill, 40, 30 to 40 bucks. So, so the point is, is that she's saying that she's getting all these calls, right, Linda? She's saying she's getting all these calls about, oh, well, everybody's calling me and telling me that they're mad about this. They don't want this on their tax bill, right? Not a single other city councilor is getting those calls. Not a single one. No one, no one ever. And in fact, there was concern among these councilors, including Councilor Abra, who, by the way, is the number one vote getter in the city, right? Right. Said, I haven't gotten a single call on this. The, the other thing, too, Marcus, is that. And, and, and I think we're going to be all over the place here because there's so many important issues to, to cover with, when you get to CPA, CPC funds. Um, the city of New Bedford had it on the ballot. They yeah. passed it. Yes. Overwhelmingly. Yes. John In 2015. Mi- John Mitchell. In 2015. Appoints the members of the board who disperse their funds. City council confirms those members, by the way. Yes. Yeah. City council then has a final bite at the apple. Yeah. So this, this is local people. You John have to Dal- be a resident of New Bedford to be on that committee. Yeah. 
It's local people, Ross Noons. I mean, you look down the list, you know the people. Yeah. Tim Walsh but, used to sit on that committee. By the way, if you want to sit on that committee, send a letter to the mayor. Yeah. Look, they're always looking for volunteers. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting board. The fact that it has multiple views every year at where the money goes. Yeah. They have staff people that follow up on the grants and where yeah. they're going, how they're being spent. Yeah. It, it, it well, is, go on the website, it's the most transparent it, it's program. Such a, it's such a valuable investment that Mayor Mitchell's actually has staff overseeing this, this one particular right. thing. So, look, the other, the other reason, and just to circle back to how we got on, on this conversation, Marcus, is that... Well, I, I want to spend like every day this week explaining the CPC thing and why the city council messed up, and we're hoping that they don't vote to over override Mitchell's veto on it. Well, the because um, it's it's it, it is it is such the, incredible oversight. If you go back and look at the meeting from Thursday night, I've been to plays, I've watched plenty of movies, I know what a setup is when I when it's said. Yeah, I know what a setup is when I see it. Okay. Yeah. The fact that they seamlessly transitioned, that Shane Burgo, who we're going to have in a little bit, seconded the motion yeah. after voting against the permanent ban. Yeah. After voting against the non-binding, Linda Mora didn't skip a beat, which shows me it's orchestrated, got up and made her presentation for a non-binding. Yeah. Without any discussion... Because you need a second to have a discussion. Shane Burgo, previously opposed to the question, Mm -hmm. votes to second it. Yeah. Folks, I've seen the Phantom of the Opera. Right. They couldn't have done any better. Right. I mean, it was all clearly orchestrated. And Marcus, where were they orchestrating it? Yeah. That is why Jack Spillane's reporting on these dinners that the city council has He's clearly onto something. I, you know, they were laughing about it, saying, "Oh, he's crazy. He's not." You know, listen, Jack Splane is onto something. How? Where are they orchestrating this? There, there's, there's two, like, like we said, there's two possibilities um, here. One is that they're just individually talking to each other, which wouldn't be a violation of open meeting law. And I do want to bring up that possibility because I know somebody will. The other, but that would that that would necessarily entail that people who work together get together um, regularly for dinner and never talk about work. Right. It, it as I said, it's unbelievable. I I don't believe it either. Your own experience. They just pump put. Um, well, and I, and I think it all depends. You know. On, you know, like, do I think at the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick dinner, they were sitting around saying, hey, let's do this, let's do that? Probably not. But it's if not you're going to dinner at Cafe go down. If you're going out to dinner in Cafe Mimo and all that, I think it necessarily has to come up. I, I just don't see how it, I, I just don't see how it, 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 it's it's difficult to envision a scenario in which that, that, that those, that the idea, city Marcus, business doesn't get raised at Marcus, least once or twice. The idea that they love being around each other so much that they would withstand the criticism and possibly an attorney general's investigation is unbelievable. Yeah. The fact that they desperately have to go to dinner, that they're not getting anything well, because I think done at those dinners. And I think there's a difference between showing up to, like, uh, you know, annual events and sitting together and showing up to 
dinner at Cafe Nemo or at well, the Zone there, or there, there's, there is or, a very uh, specific name a sponsor that we there's a specific part Rose of the Alley. law that, that 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 exempts events like the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's or a wake or a funeral. Yeah, that that's all exempted from. Yeah, if you happen to go to a Patriots game and you run into each other, nobody thinks that's a violation of the open meeting law. Yeah, this is different. They're having dinners, and they even though the media is pointing it out, they continue to do it. Yeah. So what what is the value beyond the fellowship? And it's, maybe I'm a cynic, Marcus. Maybe that's it. Maybe they all just enjoy com- each other's company that much. Well, except that that's not really recognized as a reason to violate. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, um, coincidences are taken into account. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, right. I understand. And don't they say they post the meetings? They post pictures of themselves at the dinners. Yeah. The, um, looks like a little too much. Anyway, so Marcus, my, my point is, is that originally Jack Splane from the New Bedford Light had written this column and, and, and they, they really, you know, Linda Morad and some of the other counselors have dismissed it. Our friend Shane Burgo, they laughed, they dismissed it. But I know Jack doesn't waste his time. Um, I might not always agree with him, but he's got great instincts and he's been around. And viewing it through the prism of these dinners, boy, when you start realizing that things are orchestrated and there's no discussion on the floor, not even arguments. Yeah. Very little. Now, Scott Lima got up and made a case. Um, Maria Giesta got up and made a case. Linda Moore got up and made a case. Um, but you do see, and we get, we're going to talk about the rent control, rent stabilization, whatever, that we'll use that change. Um, we'll use that saying interchangeably well, because it is interchangeable. So someone from the uh, uh, message from the... You, you can message us on the WBS on a map chat. You can call in at 508-996-0500. Someone brought up the Morad's pay raises, too, as another issue that just sort of got unanimous consent. Everybody's like, I, you know. Right. To, you know, I had motion to give $50,000 to all my friends. I, you know, basically. Look at the appointment of um, Pimentel. Yeah. That was a high-spirited, lot of tension, long-running process. You're telling me that it never came up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we don't know. But the reason we don't know is because we're not privy to what goes on at those dinners. Right. And and, and by the way, it's, ter- it's, it's perfectly permissible for individuals to, like, if one counselor wanted to call another, you've sat, well, you sat on a select board of three people, so it's right. a little bit different. I sat, I sat on a board of five people. You can't do it. Three people, you can't. Five, you can. Five, yeah. So I, I would, my, I might get a call from somebody, hey, we got this coming up. I, I you know, I hope you do this, right? But that's a lot harder to coordinate between people, right, and get get on the same page, and um, so, I, you know, and, and I think that like like we said, like there's these major things that are going on without a, a word of debate. I'll just say this, Marcus. There's an old political saying: Why speak when you can nod? Yeah, right. Now you can't nod on the phone, but you can nod over dinner. Yeah. Let's take a break. 
Listen to us live. Any- 508-996-0500 so you can get on the phone. Let's go to the phone. Good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. How you doing tonight? Hey, Tom, what's hey, up? Good. Well, I got a, a proposal, and then I got a, a question that needs to be asked. Okay. Uh, first one is proposal because of the housing situation. Now, Chris, you're, you're a military guy. You got a DD-214 form, right? Correct. How about an emergency uh, provision from HUD when they come over here to uh, UMass Dartmouth that every person who has been honorably discharged become eligible for a housing voucher if you have an honorable discharge in your DD-214 form? It just seems to me that if that provision is put in place, you know, people like you, Chris, that are multimillionaires, you wouldn't be eligible. <laughs> but but, but pe- people like me, <laughs> as a shanty Irishman that I am, right? I would I, I would be eligible. Yes. And the idea with this is have the VA put out the voucher, not the housing authority, but you can u- utilize the criteria from Section 8 in terms of who would be eligible uh, to get a voucher and who wouldn't. And that could be done immediately. You you have a, a built-in phenomenon here. Right. The DD-214 form has everything on it Absolutely. that they need to clear. And I, I think it would just be a matter of appropriation. You could have, you know, a couple of hirings in the, in the local veterans agent's office to facilitate all this so that there won't be any more veterans on the street. Tom, I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, it, it is a situation where um, as long as you have an honorable discharge um, and as you point out, you've got the the recognition of, of the documentations already there. It really is just a line item in the budget. Now, I know that that's no small thing, but there's very few problems that if you have the money, you can't solve it. And it seems to me that we have a, a lot of money for a lot of things already. Yeah, we could shoot down these balloons that, you know, happy birthday balloons for $450,000. <laughs> but anyway, I'm glad you said that because I'm working on it right now, and hopefully I can present it at UMass on the 14th. And it, it, it isn't a hard one. It's like uh, filling out a grant before the actual proposal. You know, now, would you, Tom, is your envisioning that, that this be done at the state level, or would you want to have to go all the way to the federal government? Nationwide. Okay, but doesn't that make it a lot harder to get done? I don't know. I, I, I think that, that with all the, you know, back and forth of Democrats and Republicans, I think that's one that they all can support. Well, and, but, uh, but just to even get a spot on the calendar. Yeah, that, that's it, where the emergency part comes in. And I, I was hoping that maybe directly from the president he could use some executive power. But, but, the, but the president has a pretty busy schedule, and you're not able to talk to him anyway. I'm saying that don't you think that that idea, if presented at a state level, um, would get a lot more speed? I mean, you could talk to Chris Hendricks. He's, he's on the housing committee. He's right here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not something the state can't withstand financially. Well, well yeah, we don't know that. I'm not privy to the Well, they could appeal for the Fed, to the feds for the money. I see. In other words, yeah. if, you, if you try to get the Fed, this move on the federal level, um, that's a pretty difficult ask. Okay, then we could do uh, like a, make it so there's a demonstration project for, from the state of Massachusetts. What you're looking to do is house veterans, right? Right. Well, actually, what you're looking to do is to 
house people. And you, in this case, using veteran status as a qualifier. Right. You're looking to hell, house eligible. And again, it wouldn't be for anybody. It would be you have to meet the financial criteria um, right. and have the peace. So you're looking to house people, and you're looking to do it as quick as possible. I would say going the state route is is obviously quicker than the federal route. Yeah. yeah. Just a thought. I, I, see what you, I see what you're saying because of all the... Uh the barriers when you get to the federal level. All right, that, that was the first one, and I'm okay. I'll, I'll yeah, change a little it, yeah. bit on my proposal. Second one is: Will you be so kind as to ask Councilor Burgo what he feels about the base number regarding this proposal for? Uh, you can call. Uh, you, I'll, I'll let you call in. Yeah, call, then, call, call in the eight o'clock hour. That'll be good for engagement. Yeah, I mean, it's just one that, that's bugging me. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a pretty vulnerable person right now, just like a lot of people. Absolutely, you know, I, I, I think that'll be better with your voice. So, so call in and ask him in the eight o'clock hour. Your question. All right. Yeah, you vote right. in New Bedford. We don't. Yeah, thanks. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get in the program. We can take a break now. Fourteen twenty WBSM New Bedford's news talk station. Introduce your voice heard right now on South Coast tonight. or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. He's Chris. Chris. Yep, 508-996-0500, or we'll take your messages on the WBSM app chat. I actually did get a text from Steve Beauregard, um, who's the head of the Housing Authority. He said that uh, that that program's already done. It's called VASH, Vouchers, uh, uh, VASH Vouchers. Veterans Affairs uh, Supportive Housing. They said uh, New Bedford Housing Authority has 99 veterans using this, these vouchers out of the 124 that are awarded to us. So significant amount uh, of them there that are taking advantage of that program. So that's good to know. I used to always call him the most powerful man in the city. I'll just also caveat he's the most knowledgeable person, <laughs> at least on housing issues. Yeah. So we can ta- you can take that to the bank, even if you can't take it to housing. <laughs> Unless there's there's some VASH vouchers available. There are some available. There are some available. So if you um, book an appointment, go see the housing authority. Yeah. And get yourself a VASH voucher. Uh, 508-996-0500. We're going to be doing... And we appreciate, by, Steve, for listening to the program. Uh, we do and appreciate, Steve, to our constituents. For, and giving us valuable information. I do appreciate Steve's, uh, Steve's listenership and his participation in the program. So, um, sincerely... Uh, that's what makes this program As opposed go. to the other times that you say you, 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 you appreciate someone. Yes. When it's not sincerely. Yes. If I don't say sincerely, I'm lying about it. <laughs> <laughs> and even then. Even then. You might be lying. Right? No, but I do because that but except was. Except this time you're not lying. This time. No, this is, a, this is valuable information no, no, that we you, got. From, we, we discussed it off the air. and I, I really um, kind of wish Mr. Kennedy had done a little more research before including me in that conversation because I had no idea and I endorsed an idea that sounded like it was fresh, but apparently well, the good thing is you endorsed it. a program that already exists and is doing pretty well. So Correct. there you go. Thank you. <laughs> and I almost believe it. <laughs> if I didn't know, if I didn't know that you lied, you're very sincere, Marcus, but of course you're a professional trickster. So yeah, you're a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I used to get, you know, people used to do that to me all the time. Uh, I'm not, I'm not lying. Well, you're a lawyer. What do you mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, when you say you're not lying, it usually puts 
other people's spidey sense up a little bit. You know, you know there was there was like I I worked at a social security disability firm and there was a guy that was at nobody you, lies down there. <laughs> This was an intake. There was a. There was. Oh, a, that's where they start. <laughs> but he was. A, he was. He was dubious of of how we profit from it as a as a law firm. I can't believe we that. get a. Pre- oh my God. You get a. Pre- you get a percentage of the. It's it's completely. It's contingent. You get a. If you win, you get the. You get twenty five percent. So if they're lying, you have an incentive to, to help them lie. Yeah, but the guy was worried that we were lying about how we were going to get paid. Who the 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 client? Did you so put I da- said, did you put down under his disability paranoia? <laughs> yeah, I should have extreme paranoia. I should have. <laughs> but I said to him, "Hey, listen, we're not vultures." He goes, "You're lawyers." <laughs> that was right. his response. I said, "We're not vultures." He said, "You're lawyers." And then you went back to feasting on rotting carrion. <laughs> <laughs> As vultures do. So, Marcus, at eight o'clock, we'll have um, City Council uh, Burgo. You Burgo may have, in. you may have got an app chat message from um, for I'm an app chat uh, an app, app alert from from WBSM if you have the app. So, I think it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I'm a company man. This rent control conversation. I, I have to say, just and in, in why it is so important. Maybe you're not a renter. Maybe you're not a landlord. To statistically, you probably aren't a landlord. But you very well may be a private property owner. And this is the most incredible overreach, in my opinion, by the city council. What is the next price they're going to set? I mean... And I don't even know where they get the, get the authority to do this. But. I will say... I will say... Um, you know, I was thinking, and I think I brought this up on air. Um, I waited until you were you weren't here, so I could I, I could say it unchecked. But right, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's how you commies are. <laughs> so, um, you know, what I was thinking is is uh, during the pandemic when when it, then Attorney General Healy had a. Uh, had implemented some um, anti-price gouging regulations, right. and that seemed to be very clearly within her purview and within the purview of the state government. And yes. um, so, uh, you when know, she was attorney general. When she was attorney right. general, and she, you know, it's you know uh, making regulating the prices of a commodity to ensure that you know during its shortage there aren't people trying to be exploitative. Um, and that was again well within their purview. So, governmental authority, I don't know if is 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 a, I think. Can be established there, can it? The government's authority to regulate the price of a commodity, right. in this case, housing. I mean, she could; it could at least be done at the state level. So, well, it very well may could be. Very well, well may, and, and we've seen other states do it. Yes, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is the city council. Yeah, but they'd have to get permission from the state anyway. That's why I call them the Shane Denistas. <laughs> This is. You see all these people who are fleeing Nicaragua, only to find out they're moving to Nicaragua. <laughs> when Nicaragua was snow, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. When Nicaragua was snow, welcome to New Bedford. The Shane Denistas, Nicaragua was snow. Um. They're fleeing Ortega, only to find out <laughs> Shane is waiting for them when he gets. Well, he's a much nicer guy though than Ortega. Yes. He's a much more, he's a, he's a jollier version of a dictator. 
All right, I think you're being hyperbolic. You think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. It's called infotainment, Marcus. It's called. It's called <laughs> um, I. Uh, I'm trying to compete with Comedy Central here. I got. They don't really have good programming anymore. Comedy well, Central. I. That joke. That's how you compete with them. I, I try to give the people something they can at least laugh about while they're crying about the fact that their property is being seized by the local government. <laughs> the Shane Denistas. The I got I hope he brings his AK forty seven. Actually I'll teach you how to fire a gun if he wants. You know, actually Marcus, you you're familiar with Grover Norquist. Yes. Grover Norquist is from the town of Weston, Massachusetts. He is, yeah. Went to Harvard University in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And he's an anti tax activist. But he did go down and fought um on the side of the Contras. Uh, and he actually went to Angola as well to fight the Cubans in Angola. Okay. But he used to joke around at Harvard when they had all these communist and left-wing students up there talking about the revolution. And he, went, he once said to them, do any of you have guns? Do any of you even know how to shoot guns? And he invited them all to go to the rifle range with him, right? Yeah, all these yeah. lefties. He goes, well, if you're going to have a revolution, you got to know how to shoot a gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just volunteering. That if Shane and the rest of the Shane Denise does want to learn to shoot a gun, well, I'll show I, them. Yeah, I think, I think maybe they don't need to um, That's for this. The, well, no, obviously, no, I hope they don't. Yeah, obviously. But if they're plotting a revolution, <laughs> you ever see the flag of, um, um, there's a country in Africa that has a, a really cool flag. We have the stars and stripes. Rhodesia doesn't exist anymore. I know. That's Zimbabwe now. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Um, it is, there's a flag in Africa where they have an AK-47 on the flag. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool looking flag. I, I, I like that. It's also terrifying. Yeah, I think that's the point. Right? No, no, I get yeah. it. I get it. All right, we're going to take a break. Want to get WBSM's... Talk about it later. Talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. So later. Um, at eight o'clock, we have um, City Council Member Shane, Shane Burgo joining us. Yeah, he'll. he'll and again, I, ju- I just want to. Ex- maybe I'll wait till he gets here. But just say I do appreciate his his um, flexibility and his ability to join us and to talk to his constituents. Mm-hmm. I do, because not all of his colleagues are like that. No, no, they're not. Right? No, they're not. So we do appreciate Shane may- always making himself available to us. When we uh, when Might we be ask his last time he comes in, but I think he can handle it. I think he can. I think he can handle it. I mean, if he couldn't handle it, he wouldn't be here. If you can come down from the mountains of Nicaragua and um, Cuba and places like other people have put in a lot harder struggle. Um, but it's going to be an interesting conversation. He's the chairman of the housing committee, Marcus. Yeah. Um, that's a committee, as Ian Abreu pointed out, that he created specially for Councilor Burgo. Yeah. And made him the chairman. And then uh, Morad extended, uh, made it a committee in the whole. And Linda Morad extended his chairmanship. Yeah. So, um, Shane Burgo has had uh, a couple of years to be working on his housing issue. So it is interesting that they've come up with this ballot question. Yeah. Non binding. Yeah. So we'll be talking with him about that. We'll be talking with him about that. You're all going to want to hear that. 
I do want to ask him about the CPC. We're definitely going to ask him about the CPA. Yeah. Because that works with housing. Yeah, funds housing. There's like major housing projects being funded by CPA. Like, Correct. Like really big ones. Yes. That are getting CPA funds. Correct. Well. We're. But the council president wants to tell you that she's cut taxes. Well, it's not just her. Yeah, but it's her idea. The whole thing's her idea. But she got they're them just all. Doing what, they're just doing what she's it's saying. It's amazing how many people voted for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a...